0: Hello everybody. Welcome to the Tuesday Toolbox meeting of adult children of alcoholics. My name is Anne. I'm a Tuesday Toolbox member and an adult child of an alcoholic. We meet every Tuesday at 7 o'clock in the Cobble Hill neighborhood of Brooklyn. You are welcome to join us and we'd love to see you there. We are recording our speakers every week and putting the recordings online because we're hoping others will benefit from hearing these stories from our members. We'd love to hear your feedback or your comments and questions. Our email address is TuesdayToolboxACA at gmail.com. Adult Children of Alcoholics is a program of recovery for people who grew up in an alcoholic or otherwise dysfunctional home. If you'd like more information about the program or want to find a meeting in your area, go to adultchildren.org and click on Find a Meeting. Our speaker this week is Bill. Please enjoy. Bill. Bill. <laughs> Hi, uh, Oh, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> okay, thank you. Uh, hi, my name is Bill, and I'm an adult child. Hi, Bill. I'm a little nervous, uh, because I'm the what I'm going to speak about in the red book, I'm actually in the process of doing. Uh, so I'm a little still kind of all over the place as far as that's concerned. Uh, but before I get started, uh, I just want to say, uh, my first read, um, the laundry list. Uh, it, I identified with it so much that I realized I needed to be here. Uh, and it was a situation where uh, I've been in recovery for now about 24 years. And it, I felt that, uh, you know, at some point I said to myself, uh, when is this going to end? When am I going to find peace? It, 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 it seemed like every time I was in recovery, I kept finding things wrong with me. And I kept trying to fix them. I needed to fix everything that was wrong with me. And I just kept finding more and more things wrong. And when I read the laundry list, I said, oh, great. One more program I have to go to. <laughs> I came here, and um, the first thing I did was, um, after I read the laundry list, one of the first things I did was I did the uh, laundry list work, worksheet, the work uh, in here. And what I discovered when I did that was um, I couldn't understand uh, what, what brought me in here was relationships. Okay, that's what brought me in here, relationships. Um, I had a a, a tough time when I was growing up. Uh, There was a lot of um, boundary issues that were crossed uh, that really hurt me in such a way where I didn't have boundaries growing up. I didn't know what boundaries were. A lot of women didn't have boundaries with me. So when I actually came into, uh, what brought me in here was the fact that in recovery, I couldn't figure out where the boundaries were with women. And it caused me a lot of pain. And my solution to that was to be anorexic in relationships. Basically, I kept all my conversations with women to, like, three sentences. You know, how are you? What's going on? Nice talking to you. Goodbye. And that doesn't work. (laughs) Okay? Uh, Eventually, um, after being uh, three years anorexic doing that, um, you know, eventually I I found myself in a situation where um, I caused... uh, myself and someone else's pain, okay? Because uh, nothing not that I did anything particularly wrong, but I crossed the boundary, and I tried to reverse that boundary. And that caused a lot of confusion. And I was like, oh my God, I did it again. So I came in here uh, looking to work on that issue, the boundaries. And I came in here and I did the laundry, uh, the the worksheet. And when I did the worksheet, it suddenly became uh, apparent why I was doing that and what the fix was, and that was basically I, I had a, a mother who was unavailable emotionally, okay, and um, it, I figured out why I was seeking women who were unemotionally available, and I went from one step to another, and lo and behold, um, that particular issue was fixed, and I was amazed by it because I had been trying to, I was working on that for like 24 years, and within three months of being in this program and doing the worksheet, I suddenly found peace in that and uh, I'm not going to go into particulars because I want to go into the 10th step which is what I want to talk about. After that um, the next thing I was looking at was um, I noticed that whenever I got very very comfortable with a person okay my inner child would come out okay I had um, uh, my inner child was boarded up inside me I had all these bound walls around my inner child and I had this image that I gave to the world but that image wasn't who I was because I was afraid to show you who I was. I only showed who I was to people I was extremely comfortable with, and that person was my inner child, was a very critical inner child. He was a sabotaging inner child. And when he came out to play, he was critical, he was um, uh, mean, okay? And when he came out, he destroyed my friendships, okay? Because suddenly they knew this one person, And then suddenly this other person came out who was completely different than who they expected, who they had gotten to know. So I came in here and I realized, I read in the the literature about parenting your inner inner child. And I realized that my inner child had been parented by the voice in my head, which was my critical mother. So that's who my, my inner child was, a critical child. And I had to learn how to reparent my child. I didn't know how to reparent my child because as far as I was concerned, you guys, how do you reparent your inner child, you know? But then I realized I have a son, and my son uh, is uh, currently 16 years old. But as he was growing up, all I did with my son was I poured love into him. I gave him nothing but encouragement. I told him how great he was. Any accomplishment he did, I made sure I noticed, and I said, great job. You know, if he did something wrong, I didn't criticize him. I gave him suggestions on what not to do or how to, how to do something different, okay? And I realized that's how I can reparent my own inner child, okay? By basically being loving, as gentle as I am with my own son, I can be as gentle and loving with my inner child, you know? And, and I've, I've, I've learned to change. I've actually also changed other things in my personality as I've been doing the work here. Um, one of the biggest things now is how do you inc- Where I'm at right now is how do I incorporate all these different parts of me. Because I was never myself with people. I was always somebody else. I was the person, like for instance, my parents wanted to be a certain type of person. So that's who I was with my parents. Because I thought that's what they wanted. But it wasn't what I wanted. Okay, what my fr- I, I was a certain way at work because I thought that's what they wanted me to be. But that's not who I was. Each group of people, I, I was who they wanted me to be but I wasn't myself. And the bottom line is I always did that to please other people. But you know what happens? You don't please them. You will always upset them, you know? And I didn't get the result I wanted, which was love, okay? Again, back to my mother being emotionally unavailable. I was still looking for that love from other people, okay? And I didn't realize that doesn't, you don't get that from other people. They can't give it to you. So where I'm at right now is uh, I'm currently trying to incorporate all my good qualities and I'm accepting the bad qualities, okay? And what I mean by accepting them? I mean, I know they've been diminished, okay? But these are the things that helped me survive my childhood. These are the things that helped me survive my, uh, what's it called, my trauma, okay? So these are still things I have. You have eight minutes left. Okay, cool, thank Sorry. you. <laughs> these are things that I have Okay, but the thing is, uh, I I can't really get rid of them because I still kind of need them. Okay, if they're within balance, they actually help me. So the 10th step, okay, and as I go along with this, I'll I'll explain. Okay, step 10 taught me a lot about self-acceptance. It also taught me to stop being so hard on myself. I was hyper-villigent in looking for ways to beat myself up or always make myself wrong. By inventorying my behavior regularly, I could see where I was doing a lot of things right. I began to inventory those things as well. In fact, my 10th step includes what I do right. I need that. It's a great balance. I'm learning to accept the right things I'm doing right and try to correct the things I do wrong. uh, Step 10 helps us apply what we are learning in meetings and to gauge our daily progress. In step 10, we are making a statement to hang on to the hard-won changes we're employing in our lives. We are living with, most, uh, are living with more honesty and affirmations of ourselves. We realize that we don't have to act perfect or flawless to be loved or accepted. I thought I had to be perfect. I don't have to be perfect. I can just be myself. Words and all. you know. And some people accept me, and those are the people I want to be around. And some people want, won't accept me, and I don't have to be around them. I didn't realize that. I thought everyone had to love me and I had to be whatever they needed me to be for them to love me. We can make errors and laugh at ourselves without feeling shame. We are less fearful of people and their opinions of us. I no longer think about how people, what people think of me and I mean that, okay? I'm not just saying it, And I don't mean like, you know, if you can't deal with me, that's too bad. I mean, I'm going to be myself and ones people who people who like me for being myself... Those are the people I'll be around. And the people who don't, well, that's okay too, okay? I don't have to be around them and they don't have to be around me. That's what that means. It doesn't mean I have to be a jerk. It doesn't have to mean I have to be critical. It just means I can be myself. We learn to spot red flags, which once served as excuses to run from our problems. With step 10, we learn to recognize the cues that lead to fantasization, fantasization, fantasizing okay, or disassociation. Many adult children use fantasy daydreaming and splitting off to avoid being in the moment. I daydreamed all the time about this superman who I wanted to be, okay? And I wasn't present in my life. I was always daydreaming about the possibilities, the what-ifs, the maybes, the should-bes, all that stuff. I wasn't here. I wasn't present. With step 10 and with the help from our sponsor or counselor, we can disrupt the fantasy or disassociation episode. When these disassociation moments happen, we relax and we think of what we might have happened leading up to this moment. Why am I fantasizing? What happened that triggered me that I had to suddenly leave the presence and go into my own head and make up a world, okay? I start looking at that. And what those things were were the red flags, mm-hmm. okay? There are red flags out there that basically told me I was getting into a danger area. And what I did as a child was I disassociated. My memories of it as childhood are limited. I have very few memories of my childhood because of disassociation. And what those memories are, are the extreme highs. Usually that was fear and terror and the extreme lows, which are usually fear and terror. Okay. But the thing is, there are very few times I just remember just having a good day. My childhood was just about extremes. Those are the only things I remember. Let me tell you, there's a lot of those. A daily week- weekly inventory is different than the hyper we practice before recovery. I was always, always replaying things in my head, criticizing what I did, the behavior, all those things. I was always second-guessing myself. You know, I don't have to do that. I shouldn't be doing that. I don't do that. We, uh, we know we can talk about our feelings and our missteps without being judged when we share in ACA meetings. We have shaken hands, we're a critical inner parent which is my inner child and then my mother. And we're beginning to listen to the actual parent who many of us choose to call God. Okay, cool. So what's going on right now is this. In my life, okay, and I'll, 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 I'll go through this right now, one day at a time in the 10th step. Step 10 reminds us to focus on the present and live in the moment. What that means for me is I don't project and I don't have expectations. If I project into the future what I think is gonna happen or who I think is gonna act or anything like that, I get myself in trouble. If I have expectations that I do X, Y, Z, this is gonna happen, I get myself in trouble. So I I live in the moment. The past is something to teach me, but I don't have to live in the past either. I'm not that person anymore, I'm not behaving like that anymore, I'm a different person now. And that person's gonna be different six months from now, a month from now, possibly even tomorrow. Step 10 helps us avoid feeling overwhelmed by staring too long in the past or obsessing on the future, which is what I just said. We begin to actively participate in our lives and the lives of others seeking fulfilling relationships. I used to, you know, what did you want to do? Okay, I'll do that. What do you want to do? I'll do that. Not, what do I want to do? Okay, I figured if I do what you want to do, then you'll be happy with me being there. But the thing is, that wasn't making me happy. What makes me happy is doing the things that make me happy. <laughs> I mean, how difficult is that to figure out? But I wasn't doing that because I was in need of other people to love me, to like me. So now, since I actually learned through the process, one layer on top of the other, building a foundation, I learned that I do the things I want to do because I want to do them. And if that means sitting in a house reading a book, then that's what I do because that's what I want to do. If that means going outside and riding a bike, that's what I want to do, I'll do that. And if there's someone else that I know who wants to do that with me, great. We can do it together. And I'll be happy regardless. okay? Because if I'm with someone else and they want to do the same thing that I do, perfect. There's no conflict, there's no pretending, there's no acting, I can just do. And it's so much easier just to do, okay? Uh, we arrive at ACA, many of us control, uh, use control disguised as choice, okay? Um, when I came into ACA I still have this habit, I'm very stoic, okay? You don't see anything, I'm, um, I got everything under control, okay? I am, you know, you know, right there, until you see me in the chair crying, <laughs> okay? Because I, I realized that something came up that was emotional, that I had a breakthrough, okay? And you know what? Those are the moments that are real. Me coming in here pretending like there's nothing wrong, that's not me being real. Me coming in here and listening to all of you and hearing what you say and relating to it and then understanding that's part of me also and it helps fix, not fix me, it helps me become a better person. That's the other thing I used to do all the time. I used to try to fix other people. I used to try to help other people. You know, I don't do that anymore, okay? Because that's not my job. And you know what? Guess what? I should be able to, I can't, I can't do for others what I can't do for myself. So why am I trying? That's ridiculous, (laughs) okay? Uh, We repeatedly picked people who we could not love themselves and attempted to extract love from them. Some of us developed a compulsion so strong for another person that we could not easily break away from that person, even when we were clearly involved in a relationship that duplicated the, the abuse of our neglectful homes. Thank you. I do not pick sick people to be with anymore. Those are my red flags. I see a person who's sick And you see, that's the person who I feel absolutely positively I have to be with. (laughs) Okay? I'm obsessed with them. That's the person I now avoid. The people I feel drawn to now are the people I feel comfortable with. The people who I actually like being around, and there's no tug at me to be with them. It's just a natural type of thing. I'm talking to them, they're talking to me, and it flows. Okay? And there's no anxiety. I'm not obsessing about them. It's just something that we do. And uh, actually, I'm done. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs)